Five by five at the movies. Five by five at the movies. We like watching movies. Now listen to the show. Ryan on the set. All the solid bits are gonna be like for nothing. Like I've been doing nothing but gold for the last ten minutes. But all Frankincense, sudden... myrrh, and gold. And Cause why? What? Cause why? Why? Why would you have frankincense, myrrh, and gold? Because those are gifts. Right. For what time of year? For Christmas. We're a week away from Christmas. That's right. Did you get all your Christmas shopping done? Kinda. What'd you get me? Well, yours hasn't come in yet. God damn it. That's why I say kinda, because I ordered a bunch of stuff from Etsy, and like, half of them are here. Like, Amazon was done. You ordered way too late. No, I ordered the uh, December, uh, January 1st, I ordered. I ordered everything like the first week of December, and so Amazon will get you your things in two days. So Amazon's fine. Christmas shopping in like March. I'm aware of that. But I really like Christmas because I'm Jewish. Right. And it was I taboo when I was a kid. Oh, see, it was, I, yeah. I mean, Christmas is still fun and magical, and I do like to do shopping. It's just it's easier to get like crazy silly things if you order online, and unfortunately, Etsy sucks. Like Etsy is giving me like a 33 percent success rate at this point. So I've I'm, never had a problem ordering stuff on Etsy. I, it, I've had two now, like at, in a row, and, and now I'm getting worried. So now I have to come up with backup gifts as like a potential. To like maybe this thing will eventually come and this. Yeah, will be I was your... gonna come to your show tonight and give you your gifts, but I'm not gonna give you gifts if my gifts aren't ready. Oh no, I had no intention of giving you gifts tonight. Okay, I'm not giving you shit then. No, I, I thought we were gonna do gifts on Friday. Well then, Whitney, never mind. Welcome to Five by Five with the movies. Hey, your one-stop your... shop for, for Christmas shopping for and movie about reviews presents and and all kinds of fun ribbons. Ooh, my audio is really peaking. I'm being loud as fuck. Hi, everyone. Hi. Uh, I hope you we got your Christmas we won't, we won't shopping edit down. This no, of course not. I hope that. You got your Christmas shopping done, and you're ready to hear about some movies. Uh, yeah, movies. Let's start. Okay. Uh, we're at the end of the year. Okay. Um, which means a couple things happen. We start thinking about uh, what has happened this year with movies, where the industry's going, what's projected for next year. And one of the more interesting things I heard is that streaming services yes. are expected I know. to surpass revenue next year uh, for film. What does that mean? Break that down in layman terms. So, for, for Mason terms? No, for layman terms. I am You're... a I am a highly intelligent man, but speak to me like I were dumb. Okay, so altogether, the revenue for streaming services, we're talking Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff, between subscribers and advertisers, the whole concept of that market is supposed to make $46 billion next year. Meanwhile, film, in general, movies being put out, is supposed to make $40 billion. Jesus. So that's a, that's a big... It, it went from not making as much to making $6 billion well, more. I think this year was the start, and it'll go continuing next year, of really Netflix specifically going into film. Cause up That's until, one of our news stories, but yeah, keep going. Well, up until now, Netflix has been doing TV shows. TV shows and, like, first-run stuff. And, like, you they're very Netflix. That's right, and they're acclaimed, and they're very well-known, but they finally have been dipping their toes into actual films with actual movie stars as opposed to just random here's a netflix original with nobody you've heard of like they're getting big name talent coming so i'm gonna jump to our next piece of news and then come back but okay. uh netflix is set to release 90 films next year Whew. uh that's, some that's... of them with bu- uh budgets upwards of 200 million okay, i'm gonna so do this math real quick keep well, going well 90 films a year that's gonna be let's call that's that what I'm doing. <laughs> i was gonna say let's call that two a week and even that is less it's less than two a week Roughly right. ninety divided by three sixty-five. Yeah, all right. So about between one to two movies a week. Right. Which is a lot, 
Right. But also, if it's Netflix and you're just like chilling at home, you just had dinner. Well, and you're not they're ready not to go thinking everyone's gonna watch every movie either. It's summer, it's, you know, sci-fi, summer rom-com, summer it's something for everyone. And I guess the benefit of Netflix is that the movies don't go away, right? So ever. Yeah. So it's not well. So it's not like you have all right. This movie's only gonna be in theater for a month. If you miss your shot, you miss your shot. This is I can come back to it either in January or August, and like this Nicolas Cage movie's still gonna be here. I can still watch it when I eventually get around to it. So there's a benefit to it, but. It's. It feels very front loaded. It feels very. I also want to put out. This is not to say that in any. No analyst is saying that it's uh, putting film out of business. Forty billion dollars is still a really big industry. And thirty billion of that is going to be Avengers when it comes out. That's so that true. makes sense. <laughs> I have lots of Avengers theories, but I'm not going to talk about them today. That's fair. That's fair. I've been, I just That's been our Christmas present. Watching to you. that trailer over and over again but 46 billion in subscribers it just means that uh as a society we're just absorbing more and more entertainment more and more movies uh we're just we're seeing it in different ways we so, have phones now that are strong enough to actually show a movie and of high quality so it makes sense you right. can do that while and we're on the cusp of 5g which means you're going to be able to download movies in seconds right and so and i get that and now that they're doing actual quality as opposed to just cranking anything out just for the sake of cranking it out there's more there <laughs> which is what can... i do every night am i am i right i don't get it Okay, now keep going. No, no, explain it. Let's, no, I'm not going to explain it. We're going to bring the show to a screeching halt until you explain this. No, we're not. Okay, okay continue. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's good. Uh, I'm going to see maybe a third of them, maybe. And a lot of these will be like at 1030. That's still 30 films. That's still a lot. And that's the thing. That's what? Like, a film every 10 days. That's still. That's that's still a, a lot. A lot. But it's, it's going to really be the, it's 1030 at night. I'm about to go to bed. Let's just put this on. And then I'll watch a quarter of it and fall asleep and then see what happens do you fall asleep with things on the tv i can't yes. i have to have pitch black and pure silence i don't i can't do that things. if it's pitch black silence then i'm just like then my brain could start firing on thoughts but if i have just like a, a faint glow and just something kind of like white noise in the background then i could just like okay i'll pass out and then i'll wake uh-uh. up now granted i'll only be asleep for about a couple minutes and then i'll wake up but then i can at least all right well i'm trying to bed then i can turn it off and i can go to sleep but it just it, it's a good lull so uh i like to go on really cheap cruises like your 250 dollar tickets uh, and then, uh, my favorite thing is getting an interior room on a cruise ship because it's watertight. So it's light tight and it's like pitch black Ooh. and you, there's a slight hum of the engine. And then when it's like bad weather, the whole ship's rocking and it is the best sleep I've ever gotten in my life. It's that, like being in the womb. That's still like a white noise kind of thing. It is though, like a white. Okay. Yeah. I, I can deal with white noise, but I wouldn't do like a TV show because with like dialogue, I just couldn't. See, I can't do it if it's, like, really intense dialogue, but I will do, like, just, like, a competitive cooking show or just something like That's a That's reality... intense dialogue. It's intense dialogue, but it's, like, Food Network stuff. Yeah, it's so not like they're like... screaming at each other. Right. It's just, like, you know, they're just, like, struggling to get this put together, and it's just... All right, our Patreon episode that we're eventually going to do. They're going to let us on Patreon? Uh, we're, well, we talk. Find us on Patreon. No, no that's next week. Hold what? on. Hold oh. on to that. Oh. Uh, I think we're going to do a whole show on the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> I've never seen an episode. What? Um, ready? Hot take alert. Hot take. All right, do you have the soundboard ready? Yeah. Do you have, a, do you have the soundboard? All I'm right. ready. Okay. Soundboard ready. I don't care about the Great British Bake Off. What? 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 Great what? British Bake Off. <laughs> that's my soundboard. That's the soundboard right there. Hey, it's fine. I. The American cooking shows are better. They're not. Every single one no. is better. Every single American cooking show is better than Great British Bake Off. Uh, what's your Twitter handle again? It is Keith Ruckus. No. Please send all your hate to Mason Shear. Like, I get it. I just, I feel like everyone has just decided, like, this is the hot thing, so everyone jumped on board. It's not. That's not what it is. It's not a fa- It's the fact that it's just, it's so nice. It's a palate cleanser. It's not Gordon Ramsay screaming at you that you're a fucking idiot. It's everybody working together well, just to be the best. they also have other things that aren't like that. They've got, like, Chopped is not them saying you're a fucking idiot. Chopped is just it's, them. It's still built to be really, really intense. 
I don't care about baking shows. I care about cooking shows. Oh, you're out of your fucking mind. And I just, like, I know, like, they have, like, the Food Network has, like, all, like, the holiday cupcake wars and things like that. And there's, like, I, it's too sweet and sugary, pun intended, and it's just not, no. <laughs> I don't need it to be, like, Gord Ramsey calling me a fucking idiot the whole time, but I appreciate that. I appreciate well, now you got the, me calling you a fucking idiot the whole time. Well, nothing's changed. That's just how it's always been. That's fine. So we're in this room now, and there's no beep because we're in a different room because the room we usually record in was busy. But we are right next to a movie theater, so every once in a while the entire room shakes with bass. That's what happens when you go into the Spider-Verse. Oh, is that what's playing next door? I'm assuming. We yeah, probably... it is really. It has to be into the Spider Verse. All right, it was just a very quiet foreign film. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> okay, uh, next piece of news. Uh, I'm really excited for your take on this. Okay, the Sonic live action film. Have you seen any of the pictures? I have seen. Yes, the poster. Holy this shit! This is a Sonic who fucks. <laughs> this he is beefy. He's like uh, we haven't really seen him yet. We've only seen like his legs and his feet. But he's beefy. All right, ready for another hot take? Yeah. Another patented hot take alert. I don't think Sonic has ever been cool. You know, when Sega first came out, Sega was awesome, and I thought the game was awesome. Right, so like the first Sonic, and I think Sonic 2. But Sonic like, 2 is where the fuck's at. Once they introduced Knuckles... Oh, yeah, then I, I'm out. I think everyone just kind of just decided Sonic wasn't That number it. 2, when it was just Sonic and Tails, was, was great. Like, it's a good game, but like... He, he was like he was cool 90s edge but everything in like the sonic universe after that yeah. has been kind of garbage a surge with dreamcast there was a surge i guess but like i guess we're all forgetting sonic 2006 like yeah we don't need this movie it's so unnerving to look at and i we haven't even seen him yet but like the internet is going nuts and exploding because you have like this jacked beefy dude being sonic the hedgehog i want to know if his face is like just a blue human face or if he's a hedgehog with beefy well, he's legs. also he's gonna be voiced by ben schwartz is he really yes yeah, so i just, didn't know that just imagine jean ralphio in that body because i'm fast as fuck like it's 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 unset i just i I'm not excited about this movie because I don't think Sonic has been relevant for 20 years. Oh, you're you're that's fair. That's fair to say. Like it's and I and it's this weird thing where like he was part of like the video game. It's either Mario or Sonic and it represented two different kind of He's, cultures. It's too late on the nostalgia bubble. That's what it is. Yeah. Like you should have made this movie 10 years ago. Even 10 years ago we would have been kind of post I, I should have made this 73 years ago that's fair that's fair like before before the video game that'd came be out fair. like they made the mario they made super mario brothers right when mario was kind of like still at its hot and look what happened there so it's good i'll defend that movie till the day i die how dare you <laughs> i saw it when i was like five so i can't you loved it i mean it's a good it's hey it's mario and it's mario luigi and mario like i, I like that. the live action tv show do you remember that do oh, the Mario. The one with uh, Captain Lou Albano? Yeah. Yeah. That was a great show. Not Ron Jeremy. That's Captain Lou Albano. There's a rumor that it was Ron Jeremy, but it wasn't. It, it was not Ron Jeremy. No, no but there's a rumor. Yeah. There's a rumor out there that Ron Jeremy But we was... know what Ron Jeremy looks like. Yeah, well, we know what he looks like from the waist down, but... <laughs> was No, I feel like he's the most recognizable face in porn. Well, I know, but I'm saying there was a rumor that Ron Jeremy was Mario. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, I got you. Okay. Yeah, they were saying that. It's like, no, that's captain lou albano okay uh maybe our patreon episode should be about porn movies or the mario brothers exclusively okay uh i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, get ready (laughs) i'm gonna keep stuttering all right here is the most shocking piece of news to ever come out of the film world are you ready all right are you sitting down no okay mortal engines is a flop what is mortal engines (laughs) it's that peter jackson movie that came out 
Hot take alert. You don't know what Mortal Engines is. This is like, like where the entire cities become like roving like tanks. This feels like something I heard of second or third hand. I've but... seen the trailer a lot. Mortal Engines, it's based on a young adult novel series. It's okay, co-written. So it's that. Okay, that it's thing. co-written by Peter Jackson. Okay. Of Lord of the Rings fame. Cool. Uh, and it, yeah, it's about like a post-apocalyptic earth where all the cities are moving cities that are basically battle machines. Okay. And they fight each other on track to lose $100 million. Ooh. Ooh. The movie cost just over $100 million to make. So do that math. Opening weekend, $7.5 million. Oh, my gosh. Opening weekend. I haven't seen any trailers for it. I haven't I haven't seen any, like... I've seen a lot for it. I've seen a lot of advertising for it. Really? I'm guessing because I'm targeted because I like Lord of the Rings so much, and I'm always looking at Lord of the Rings shit. I can see that, but, like, I'm not even seeing anything. Like, there's nothing on TV. There's nothing, like... Even if a movie's a flop, they'll put, like, big advertisements on stuff That's for... That's part of the problem is they spent a lot of money on advertising. They targeted the wrong people. They should have been targeting kids, not Lord of the Rings fans. Uh, because this is like a weird steampunk. Anyway, it's oh, a flop. Oh, yeah. Well, there is no amount of advertising that would have won me over. This sounds like not even close to my cup of tea. So, I, has there... that makes me think that they're they're targeting works. They just did it the wrong way. Has there been a good young novel film adaptation since Hunger Harry... Games? I was just gonna say Harry Potter. Uh... Hunger Games. I, I, I enjoy Hunger Games. I'm, right, I'm saying, but shit. since then, like, Hunger Games, like, the first one did great. Second uh, one did... Does Fifty Shades of Grey count? That is a young adult novel, so... <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's it's fanfic of Twilight, so... The third one did atrocious. That came out this year, and no one gave a shit. I don't even know. I didn't even know it came out. Fifty Shades Free. That's what oh. that movie was. But I mean, I, if I, I want to watch Softcore, I'll just go on Skinamax. There you go. I, but I think the young adult genre... <laughs> has not like they set the bar too high yeah everyone wants nothing. to be the next harry potter like i guess like, maze, runner? maze runner bullshit uh, yeah i was gonna say it's garbage they, they really thought golden compass was gonna be a whole series and that was just, what 2007 that was a long time yeah, ago that was yeah. 2007, yeah so uh, like, yeah n- nobody cares put it on youtube people kids will watch youtube kids will watch youtube Put on that's a good idea. Yeah, if, I mean, like, do a different medium. Make a series on Netflix because they'll like, throw money at any stupid bullshit. Well, I think that's probably where all the streaming is going to go. They're going to pick up all those adaptations because. Yeah. So it's almost how Tumblr is. Like, if you have like a fandom that's small, stop doing uh, movies. Just do a small, like, short run series on Netflix. If Netflix can capitalize on every sub small fandom, they're going to do yeah. great. Yeah, do that. Do put that. It on Netflix, put it on Hulu. We put just it on, figured like... out how to fix entertainment. Yeah! You're right here, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, does Netflix make a bunch of stupid little series? That's my fear on why Netflix is buying up all the different anime uh, properties. Because oh. they're going to they're gonna play out like six anime series next year. Oh, God. Yeah, but it's okay. like... But, like, it's all these ones that, like, the fans are, like, diehard fans. But, like, why the fuck would you put a movie in the theater for? Right. So they're going to have this whole little sub-anime studio in Netflix and put these all all out. That's only for the fandoms. It's not for everyone else, which I like. It makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. It's the same thing with CBS streaming and, like, they're going to have four Star Trek shows. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have CBS We don't need another shitty fucking Star Trek movie with Chris Pine, piece of shit. Close personal friend, Chris Pine. Fuck that, dude. Uh, We don't need another shitty Star Trek movie. We need a series for the fans on CBS streaming. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I think CBS... We just is, fixed entertainment. Like, CBS has really got the ball running. They had a lot of those kind of shows, and they did well. And I think, it's, like you said, streaming is going to be the new big it thing. So just keep going that direction. Next piece of news. Here's a perfect example of this. Disney. I know of them. Believe it or not, making a live-action remake of one of their animated films. Okay, which one? <laughs> this time it's Lady and the Tramp. How? With real dogs. But, hear oh. me out, hear me out. Oh, boy. Oh hear boy. me out. Oh boy. Hold on. All right, all right. It's lower budget, and it's only going to be on their streaming service, only for people that care to, to hit play on it. Ah, see, then that fine. Yeah, it's fine. I... Nobody needs this movie. There's probably like seven people that want to watch it. I guarantee you, I could go on YouTube right now, and I could see dogs doing the spaghetti eating scene. I'm so excited for that. Uh, but I'm going to get the Disney streaming service just because I want all the Star Wars shows. Uh but this is smart. This is the way is, the industry should be moving. Nobody would give a shit about a Lady and the Tramp live dog uh, remake. Remake. What am I trying to say here? Like CGI. Like yeah, CGI like, dogs. Just yeah. Do it stupid like Airbud. Do it with real dogs. Put it on the streaming service so that your ten and twelve year olds and younger can watch this, it. This is for five and six year olds. No, okay, this like, is for five and six is, year olds. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I can't I'm imagine wrong. like this. It's but not, it's, it's not it's making smart. my skin crawl, but it's very annoying me. I don't it's know not. Why, but... This is great because I don't need to deal with it because I don't need to see the trailers for it. It's on Disney streaming. It's smart. This is what we were just talking about, and it makes sense to me. I, 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 I get it. There's something about this concept that just bothers me, and I can't express why. It just – the why? Why put real dogs? Why do this? Why – we should move on. We should move on. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're going to remake every single they're one anyway. everything. But, but, like, this is good. Like, shit, like, the fox and the hound. Do all the ones with people first. Or at least animals no, that are... No, take the shitty ones and put them on the streaming service so we well, don't have to deal with it. Okay. It's great. I guess we're going to... Remake like... Rookie of the Year and put me in as the John Candy character. <laughs> Thomas e. and Nicholas, close personal friend. We have a lot of friends in the industry. We're very big deals. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty big in general. And I'm a deal. <laughs> Breaker. Aww. Uh, okay, uh, last piece of news. The Joker movie has wrapped. Not the Jared Leto one, the one with Joaquin, the Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix one. Uh, it's going to focus on his origin when he was just a comedian named Arthur Fleck and kind of his like descent into madness and becoming the Joker. Uh, this is going to be outside the DCEU. It's going to be completely different than your your uh, your Batfleck universe, and it's going to be a start of a new Banner series called DC Dark or DC Black. They haven't decided yet. Isn't the appeal of the Joker that you don't know his backstory? Yeah, but there are comics. I cannot remember the name of the comic series when they do this, where his like wife dies, and it, it is a good origin story. Right. I just I feel like part of the whole like deal with Joker is you don't know his backstory, and that was like one of the things with the Dark Knight. They kind of played with it a little bit is that he's just lying about yeah. everything and so you don't ever actually know there are some very dark frank miller comics where they do an origin story it's not seen as part of continuity it's like an other world okay. parallel universe and that's what this is this isn't part of like main continuity this is just like a reimagining i hope in the middle of this movie they do like they did with clue we're just like part way through they just have a screen that says this is how it could have happened. That's funny. And then just keep going like that. But yeah, this is completely different. This is a dark reimagining of a very real type of Joker. Not even like, uh, you know... Like an anarchist for anarchy's yeah, sake. Yeah, not that. Like, this is just like a, like a very weird gangster who got disfigured to look like a clown, and it was a failed comedian. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think it's going to be great. I think this is going to be where DC needs to be taking their movies. Whatever they end up calling this new banner series, DC Black or DC Dark... That's what I'm now invested in. Don't call it anything until you've already got a couple movies in. 
uh, universe building. We've never talked about that on this show before. <laughs> I know. I just... Eh. You want to hear an interview? Yes. All right, here's my interview with award-winning filmmaker Christopher F. Todd, a uh, close personal friend, and it's kind of interesting. I thought it was a good interview. Here we go. And I'm here with award-winning filmmaker Christopher F. Todd. Christopher, how the fuck are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm so good. Have you ever listened to my show before? Yeah, no. No, I'm, I'm usually <laughs> pretty rude to the guests. Okay. This is our third take because he wasn't prepared for how rude I am. Yeah, that's, that's a fact, actually. <laughs> uh, all right, let's dive right into it. Tell me. I should have known you were going to be a dick, though, just because I know you. As a filmmaker. That's true. I'm a dickhead. That's true. Uh, as a you. filmmaker, how do you watch movies at home? You know, the, the it's funny. The farther you get into making stuff and doing your own work, and I, I think... My friends, were probably, they might say different, but for me, I watch movies less and less at home. Um, for me, when I watch a movie at home, it, it's it's definitely going to be comfort food. I don't ever watch something, unless I just have no other way to access it, I rarely watch a film I've never seen at home. I, I only watch movies that I love and, and have known for years, and I, I will seek out, because we live in Austin, so you know we're really lucky that... We can do this here. Uh, being a film fan in Austin is great. You can find movies that you haven't seen. You can find a place that they will be screened theatrically if you're patient enough. So that's usually what I do. Things on my long list of movies that I really want to see, I just keep that list kind of over to the side and pay attention to kind of what locally our screenings are, you know, what what's going on, and then I'll make an effort to see them in the theater. All right. You're watching a movie. You've watched a million times. You're at home. What's the situation? Are the lights off? Is it on TV? Is it on your laptop? Is it on your phone? Oh, I will never watch a movie on a laptop. No? no? I watch movies on my laptop all the time. A lot of people do. I don't... That's not something that... It just feels like, you know, you're watching this tiny screen, usually of a lower resolution unless you have an amazing laptop. Um, you got headphones in. Uh, that's That's the best case scenario for the movie being presented to you in that format. I just... I, I just think there's so much work and effort that goes into making a film. Watching it that way seems to be the worst way to watch it. Like, absolute last, like, no other options. You have to watch it this way. But otherwise, no. Uh, I have a big screen TV. Uh, it's a 4K TV. Um, typically, I'll have, like, a light on. You know, I don't I don't shut out all the lights. Wait, you spent $4,000 on your TV? You shut up. <laughs> Keep You're going. a moron. Um... Uh, and yeah, movies look great on it. Um, 4K uh, Blu-rays, beautiful. Uh, you know, so yeah, I'll watch movies at home like that. Um, it's it's really really leisurely. It's, it's just for the sheer enjoyment factor of it. What are you eating? What are you drinking? What's the snacks that you? Um, I don't really do a lot of eating when I'm watching movies. I I'll make a glass of scotch sometimes if I really want to relax in the do evening. Do you pour a glass or, of scotch? What? You mean pour a glass of scotch? Whatever. You don't make the scotch. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I like to relax with that or I'll, you know, get a pot of coffee going and, like, have a French press. Um, but, yeah, that's about it. I, I don't typically do a lot of eating when I'm watching movies. You're a big coffee guy. Yeah. I'm a big coffee guy, too. You are. Literally. I'm a big guy who drinks <laughs> a lot of coffee. You've uh, Most of the times we've gotten together, there's been co- I'm drinking coffee right now. Yeah, I just finished one. Nice. Yeah. What's your favorite coffee? Uh, like, what do you mean? Like location or from, or just to well, drink? Whatever. I like, well, I, I like. When you think of a really good cup of coffee. I like what, what really is... high octane lattes, like 
quad shot 16 ounce latte that's disgusting it's great that's awful i love the way that's the worst thing i've ever heard in my life i think it's the best yeah that's the stuff i usually drink or like a really you know like a really good quality dark roast bean like with a french press is really nice i've also gotten into i've gotten into pour overs recently okay i got i i bought one of those um and i'm really enjoying it although i'm i'm finding that like portion wise i have to use a lot more coffee to get the like the darkness and right. the, like the bitterness out of it i want it tends to come out a lot more thin um so there's like i'm still like figuring you need to it get out. A, a different kind of filter that yeah. means the water is coming through too quickly so like a more dense filter yeah, correct okay. that that'll make it like if, if you're doing the pour over it should take three minutes of brewing up top for it to fall down altogether. oh it definitely takes longer than that i'm mean, um, sorry less time than that that's yeah. what i meant yeah, um, you need a more dense filter that's that's your problem okay yeah because i'm having to really scoop it in but like once i get that ratio right it tastes amazing but yeah, it's just getting it to that point yeah so maybe i'll look into that now as a filmmaker as someone who like sees sees movies is more like how the sausage is made how does it affect the way you watch movies because i know there's been times where i've loved a movie and you've been like that movie was shot terribly i'm like i wouldn't even fucking know if you put a gun to my head sure yeah i mean it's weird right like there are certain movies a film can be put together poorly but if it's working on on a base level where the story's engaging the characters are working and they're not making just weird the, the filmmaker isn't clearly making these weird flippant choices just to make them if you can get me in then I'm in and I can usually forget about technical or whatever it's just it's usually when a movie for me starts to go off the rails it's kind of an all or nothing when when a film loses me it's really hard this is just me speaking personally it's really hard to get me back because at that point I'm, I'm now like in my brain subconsciously taking the thing apart because I already don't like it um, but I do try to go into films, any movie, even movies where I see a trailer and I'm just like, that, is, that looks terrible. I will try to go in optimistically, you know. And there have been a couple movies that have won me over. Name one. Oh, I, I can't off the top of my head. I've, I, I do, but I have had that feeling coming out of a movie being like, wow, that was so much better than I thought it would be just from the trailer because bad trailers happen. But I've also gone into movies where the trailer has been amazing. amazing. And in the movie, you just, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually excited for Batman v Superman. I thought the trailer was great, and then I, and then that movie is. Was that movie not? Uh, movie's pretty rough. A, a, big, a big win for you. <laughs> movie's pretty rough. Um, not a big Martha fan. Nah, they're trying hard. It's so close that movie. Yeah, no, that's but that's a whole other conversation. That movie is that's a weird one. But I remember that was a movie where I was legitimately like, okay, we'll see, because I liked Man of Steel. I know a lot of people hate it. I liked that movie, and I liked the Batman v Superman trailers, and I liked the idea of it. And then, yeah, in, you know, 10 minutes into that movie, it's just so clear, like, wow. And then, you, and then there's that thing where you realize early on in a film and you're in a theater setting. Because the movie's got to be above and beyond bad for me to walk out. Like, it takes a lot. It takes a lot, a lot. So there's that fact, there's that kind of feeling of when you're watching something and, and it becomes clear in the first 15 minutes this is not going to go well. You're kind of trapped. Right. <laughs> you're like, I use that term a lot. It's like, I was trapped by the film. Have you ever walked out of a movie? When I was younger, yeah, and I was I was a lot more of a prick. I would walk out of movies. <laughs> Hold on, you were more of a prick at some point in your yeah, life. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because you're true. a prick. I know. I walked what? out of I walked out of Van Helsing. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I walked out of that. I walked out of um oh man, what's the name of that movie? Uh, American Psycho. Is that what's called? American Psychopath. American Psycho. Christian Bale. Yeah. 
American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Walked out of that. You, 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 you were looking at me like 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 I was like saying the wrong movie. Uh, it's like saying you walked out of Goodfellas. That's such a great fucking movie. It's not. It is. It's not. Okay. I, I walked out of that. I've walked out of two films, almost three. Uh, I've walked out of Nacho Libre. Oh, I like that movie. Yeah, everyone does. I don't like Nacho Libre. Does it hit too close to home for you? B- obviously. <laughs> and I walked out of Book of Eli. Okay. Oh, wait, that's the Denzel movie? Yeah. I didn't mind that one. What was it about Book of Eli that... Uh, I don't know. I was boring. I thought it was dumb. Nothing about the world building made any sense to me. And yeah. uh, I saw the God thing coming. Like, I, I, I felt it. I knew he was going to, like, sure. have God powers coming out of nowhere. Like, I just felt it coming. I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm out. Okay. Yeah, I like that movie. But again, I saw it years ago. And I, you know, I almost walked out of Crazy Nights, which is a movie that has since become one of my favorites. I just, I wasn't. Is the Adam prepared. Sandler yeah. thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm also Jewish, remember? Yeah. I wasn't prepared to go into, like, this weird animated musical at the time i didn't like him as much sure now like now i like weird animated musicals wait did you walk out or you almost walked out almost i was so close to walking out what kept you in the seat i kept thinking like it's gonna turn around it's gonna be like and you hated it it's gonna be like happy gilmore it's gonna be like sure you know billy madison it just wasn't but then when you finished it you didn't like it but now you like it i went back years later and watched it i'm like this is a fucking masterpiece that's funny how that works right it is you can go back and watch something yeah or maybe you just have more perspective on it you know i don't know if people i really don't know if people's taste taste change is is as much as you just learn to you learn how to watch things or you learn to kind of understand a perspective right right like you can watch something and hate it Mm-hmm. A great example of this is um, for me was Henneke's, uh Funny Games, and you can you can talk about the remake or the or his original. It doesn't matter because they're literally the same movie with different actors. Okay. Are you familiar with this? Nope. What he did made a movie called Funny Games, and then uh, that same director was given money to make an American remake. So he re so he recast, and uh, then they basically went back to or rebuilt the locations, and he did it shot shot for shot, shot for shot, cut for cut almost crazy they're basically the same film yeah he just made it for an american audience like it's in english now right um and i won't kind of talk about what happens in it it's worth seeing it's really good um but when i saw it i hated it i hated it i i i just i i got what what he was saying and i appreciated it but i hated the way it was said and then but i think i just wasn't ready for it you know that was like in 2007 no 2008 and uh it was my first movie at the Alamo Draft House, actually. Gross. Yeah, right. No, it's great. It was wonderful. I, uh, I, uh, was yeah. That the I year Bruno that. came out because that was my first movie at the Alamo Draft House. No, no, that was the, the year after. No, before. Why do I remember that? I'm gonna look this up. You keep talking. Any, about anyway, it. yeah, yeah. No, that, that was my first experience at the Alamo, and I. It was weird because I, I hated the movie, but I couldn't believe how well I was seeing 35 millimeter presented. Because uh, I, I back then, like our presentation here at the Alamo was just. Oh my God! Like the presentation was incredible, and um, Bruno was in two thousand nine. Oh, that's right. Cool. Yeah. So the year before. Uh, so it, and then now that I go back and I, I've gone back and I've looked at that movie and the more I think about it, I just wasn't ready for it because I I think it's great now. It really is. But at the time, I just I just was not prepared. I had no expectations going into it, and it just it just kind of assaulted me. And I thought it was um, I really hated it. What's I, your favorite Star Wars movie? The original. Okay. Episode four, yeah, yeah, New Hope, yeah. It's, it's perfect. I mean, it's, like, it's hard perfect. to talk about. It's hard to talk about movies that good. It's like, yeah, it's perfect. There's no, there's really not a conversation to be had. It's it's that good. <laughs> Fine, we're not gonna talk about. No, it. No, no, we can talk about. It. I'm just saying, like, it's 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 more fun to talk about things that are flawed. Is what I'm saying. Like, I, my, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's 
to me executed so perfectly that like I don't know how to discuss it other than to say yeah it's perfect. I mean if you want to go on talk about like, if you want to talk about like the special editions and everything after that. Nope. Right. So we're talking about the seventy seven. Star Wars. I just asked what your favorite Star Wars movie yeah. was. Yeah, and then I yeah, I'm not talking about nothing. Yeah, I'm saying like, but like that's 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 where the conversation usually goes, right? Like yeah. people are like, oh, but the special editions and job, but like, yeah, that shit sucks. But the original, as Lucas made it, I mean, you know it's... what? Uh, I noticed the other day when really thinking about Star Wars in my head, and I, I, I watch a lot of Star Wars fan YouTube videos when I try to fall asleep. Now, uh, <laughs> I do. Like Star Wars Theory, you ever watch Star Wars oh, Theory? No, that's really funny. It's like though. my favorite YouTube channel now. It's just this guy. He's obsessed with Vader, kind of a way that you are, and just like really dives in the character. You would love these okay. fucking videos. That uh, sounds awesome. They just made their first fan film. Wait, I think I know what you're talking about. This guy got a, a Darth Vader movie together, right? Yeah, that guy. My brother was showing me stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this stuff is like he's this like is deep dive. Yeah, yeah, with Vader. And yeah, like, like in a very much the same way you are. Sure. Um, no, I actually do. I from I, I I spent like an hour watching that stuff with my brother a few weeks okay, ago. Yeah, and I guy. really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the the this, I'm gonna get some hate for this, but the thing of Star Wars that has stuck with me the most is the end of the fight of Episode Three. <laughs> Wait, wait, which part? You know, like when he's screaming, you were the chosen one. You were supposed to bring balance to the force, not oh, destroy right. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Like, anytime there's a meme or a joke, like, it's, I always think it's the funniest fucking thing in the oh, world. Okay. Like, and stuck just, with you in that it's ridiculous. No, and then, like, in a good way, too. Like, I'll go back yeah. and watch that fight over and over and over yeah, again. That's good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but, like, of all Star Wars, everything, that's the, the when I think well, of Star Wars, that's Star Wars to me. Well, I mean, like, people are weird about the prequels and like they're it's coming back around now that this, the sequels are getting so much hate there's this huge faction of people who were like the prequels were really good and they're not great they're but, not. but they have moments that's one of them there are moments yeah. in those three films the first and third specifically have actual like star wars moments and moments that you do they do kind of like they stick and they're i mean it's the execution around them isn't the best and there's some terrible stuff in there but i get real excited when i see recuts where it's like you know, 77 Star Wars and Obi-Wan is explaining to Luke what happened to his father and like these, these quick cuts of oh, episode that three happening. Yeah. I think that's cool as shit. Well, because that, that backstory is, is emotional. That's right. why it works. And Alec Guinness was directed really well and he's such a great performer. He just absolutely destroys that small monologue that he had. That yeah. The hesitation in him telling Luke and like thinking like, okay, what do I say? Now, whether, like, Lucas directed him in that way or he just chose to play it that, like, distant, I don't know. But it it works so well, and you do feel the sadness and you feel the weight. So when you see, you know, him having to, you know, cut up his friend like that, yeah, it's, it's effective. It's, you know, it's, that's why I think that stuff in the prequels, you know, why those moments work because we are a little bit pre-programmed for it. And then you see it, and it's a little bit more horrific than you thought it would be. That's one of the few things that isn't ridiculous about the – other than – the line that Anakin has before he from my <laughs> point of view the Jedi uh, are evil yeah it's rough or like I've got the high ground and don't uh, what is it don't, don't no, underestimate no. my okay, power so I'm, I've turned yeah. around on high ground okay. because of a video off of Star Wars theory about how like they cut out so much of their history where it's like one of the things they talk, they've probably talked about the most is the Darth Maul fight yeah probably and how like uh Darth Maul should have won because he had the high ground in that fight, uh, and Obi Wan does the flip over him and cuts him in half. And like when they when they first started like talking about lightsabers and he's training Anakin about how like just like their whole find like kind of like 
coming together in Phantom Menace and he's just like, it's over. I have the high ground. I know what to do in this situation and you don't. Yeah. No, I think that's, uh, like that's the, interesting. I like that explanation and I like that fan theory and it makes that line not shitty to me. Yeah, I mean, the line's fine the way it is. It's just, again, it's it's execution over... The execution is sinking the ship, which is a lot of what makes the prequels Only a Sith rough. deals in absolutes. Oh, boy. Only a Sith. No one else. Yeah. Absolutely only a Sith deals in absolutes. Yeah, dude, that's some... Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. But right. I, I, yeah, Star Wars is... Yeah. All right. No, anyway, no more no, Star Wars. Sorry. We're, 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 ah, we're moving on. Uh, I can keep going. What's next in your career? What's what's going on in your life and filmmaking and all that, all such? Uh, I got a project that I'm working on right now. I can't really talk that much about that. I'm I'm really excited about. Um, we're kind of entering into the process of figuring out the funding and stuff. Got it. Yeah, but it's no yeah. spoilers. Is it a, is it a, like a like a major franchise? You're gonna make the next Herbie movie? No. <laughs> all right. No. I would like to see your take on the Herbie movies. It would be, yeah. And if anyone out there wants to be an award-winning filmmaker like you, what's the first piece of advice that you would give them? Uh, just flat, like blanket, like advice. Yeah. Like, hey, I want to get into filmmaking. What should I do? Don't have a backup plan. Ooh, no safety net, huh? Mm-mm. That's good. It's all or nothing, right? It has to be. I mean, I can. This business is engineered in such a way to beat you down and the people that i've known who've had backup plans okay the the when they when they've had that thought in their mind well if it doesn't work out i can do this or i can always fall back on this just in case there's a small and i've 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 always said this like there's this small part of you that is admitting it's not going to happen so when the road turns toward that direction and it will uh you're already kind of primed to kind of say all right you know what it wasn't meant to be so you fall back on your on your whatever your whatever your fallback was, and that's really responsible. It is, and I and I and I, I think it's commendable to think that pragmatically. But the film business is not a pragmatic business, unfortunately. And if you somewhere inside yourself are saying, "Well, if I can't be a filmmaker, then I'll just uh, I'll go and I'll do X, whatever that is. Just go do X. Wait tables. Sure, <laughs> but like noble profession, um, by the way. Uh, but seriously, you, you, if if you really have that backup plan, just just cut your losses now. Go do your backup Damn. plan. No, That's it's it's, it's but it's true though, because the business is hard and it and it and it will will slap you across the face more than it shakes your hand, and it takes a long time to get to a point just to get people to listen to you, to listen to you and take you seriously. It takes a long time to climb that hill, and even when you're on top of that hill or almost on top of that hill, there will still be someone shaking their head and going. Yeah, but really. Yeah, but really. And like that's how it is. And that because there's so much money being spent in the business, it has to be that way. Right. So you have to be made of iron. And if you already have a backup plan, I hate to tell you, but you're not. Damn. To that's do that. Good that's the best advice we've gotten on this show. Well, I like it. All right. Any parting thoughts or plugs or anything you want to say to our large audience of people listening? No, hanging on your every word. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they are. Uh, it's great to be here, though. Yeah, thanks, yeah, for, thanks for having yeah, me, man. Thank this you, is fun. Award-winning filmmaker Christopher F. Todd. And that was my interview with filmmaker, award-winning filmmaker Christopher F. Todd. I learned something. What'd you learn? I learned a lot about coffee. Yeah, he does like his coffee. I learned a lot about coffee. 
Okay. Uh, so thank you so much to him for being on the show. Um, thank you, Mason Shear, for being here. That's me. Thank you for being positive this week and not a grumpy piece of shit. You suck. I'll take it. Thank you so much to everyone listening. Please review us on iTunes. We haven't gotten a single new review yet. Please, someone go review. Even give us a one star. I don't care. No, just, no, just no, let no, us no, know no, you're there. Bad. You don't want that. You want five. You can lie in a five star review, but don't. Yeah, we'll do a five star review, but then talk shit on us in the write up. Yeah, no, that would be fine. Funny. Give us a five. Five stars, but like I can't. I can hear the fat in Keith's voice. Blah blah blah. Uh, email us at five by five film at gmail.com if you have questions, concerns, or criticisms, or review us either way. Uh, find us on Facebook at five by five at the movies. We'll have pictures of stuff that happens during the shows there. Uh, thank you, Dan Benjamin, Hattie Cook, and the whole five by five network. Our theme is produced by Dan Richardson. We'll see you next week with another five by five at the movies. <sighs> Roll credits. <laughs>